Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clucot. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, yeah. everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. In 2014, a failed stand-up comic entered a contest called The Hunt for the Host. He did not win. Later, he was joined by an underperforming Oregon State fullback with a community college degree. These men, neither having earned the position and possessing no real skills, continue on as radio personalities. If you have nothing better to do on a Saturday morning, and if you can find them, maybe you can hear The Sinner and the Saint. Starring Luke Anderson. We got a, we got a, uh, we got a lot of gentlemen's clubs. How oh. do you like those? Oh, hey, I'm ready for Mickey Mouse now. It is now. Evolved into that. And Will Darkens. Ear or eye? Where do you want it? On 1080 The Fan. Yeah. All right, the Kitty Cats means it's hour two of Yay. The Sinner and the Saint. If you missed anything from the first hour, we talked a little pass interference. We talked some Blazers. We talked to a lot of Zion Williamson in the first segment. So if you missed any of that, go uh, download the podcast after the show's over. That's at 1080thefan.com. If you have been listening and you feel that Will and I are spitting hot fire more than usual, that's because we're both wearing Stephen A. Smith shirts. Pretty sweet shirts. Yeah, super sweet. Got the silhouette of Stephen A. We're trying to live our lives more like him. So hot taking it. Though, uh, one of the, uh, somebody tweeted at our show a very good point, which was if you just take a look at your shirt right now, Stephen A's crotch is really high up on this thing. Yeah. Well, it looks like, like he's, got realize hand, that. he's got his hands in his pockets. It looks like he's actually pulling up like, his, his pants yeah. to make sure the crotch is extra high. Like he's so stern. He's just like, you know what? Screw this. Like, I'm going to give you a hot take with my hands in my pocket. He may have a short torso syndrome though, too. He's got them long legs. You know, the ones that go all the way to the ground. Do those legs go all the way up? <laughs> what do you mean by that? You've used that line, haven't you? Is that that's an old line, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's an old line. Do those legs go all the way up. Yeah. I don't, what, what the hell does that mean? Where, where, what's at the top? Oh, is yeah. that it? Yeah. What? I don't yeah. even get that. Like, not even on first hit. I don't. What? I don't. That doesn't. I, this is not the time or the place to explain it. After the show, I'll explain what that means. I think this is the time. No, place. I, it's a I, sports radio show yeah. on a Saturday, not in football yeah. season. No, I understand what you're saying, but if you're not getting why that's a thing that people say, uh, I need to explain some anatomy things to you. And uh, and yeah, not the time or place. God, you don't even <laughs> want to educate. I do. I do. I just, I feel like it could go sideways and uh, the FCC could be making some calls. You know, one thing is that if you take a look at uh, Stephen A. Smith, like pictures of him, that mm -hmm. guy doesn't age like at all. Like take a look at some pictures of him. How old is he? Uh, great question too. Yeah. 
Because I don't know what I look at him and I don't know. You said he doesn't age, but I have no idea what age he is. Well, is he's he, not in his twenties. I mean, well, I get that, but is he is he in his fifties? Yeah, he's fifty-one. Okay. I I mean that he does not look fifty-one. If you said he was forty-one, I. I Probably would have said the same yeah. thing. He just doesn't look, he doesn't age at all. It's weird. And you would think this guy would like severely age too because he's like one of the most jamming dudes on that network. Like he is on jamming? all the time. One of the most jamming dudes on that network? Dude, he's jamming constantly. So he should look like Skip Bayless. How old is Skip Bayless? He looks a thousand. Yeah, Skip Bayless should at least be like 84. Yeah, well, or or it just says undead. <laughs> <laughs> They're like Rick Pitino. From the ground. Like Rick Pitino's bio just says undead. How old is he? Well, he's not really alive. He's just undead. Skip is 67. Okay. All right. I guess he looks eh, He looks older than that. He looks leathery. Yeah, Skip is a uh, notable uh, workout hound. Like Jack LaLanne. See on the juice machine and the... He's using the Chuck Norris Christy Brinkley machine. Mm. The total gym, I believe. I will say, do not Google Skip Bayless shirt off. Oh, why would you do that? Why wouldn't I? You're t- you tell me why you wouldn't do that. Because I did you a favor. Okay. Thank now you. you know not to. Well, I appreciate you going in there. That uh, shows why you're so valuable to the internet community. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, hey, the Ducks had a uh, better than expected season. Uh, Sweet 16, 55305. If you're a Ducks fan, is that uh, is that a nice finish to the season? You lost to number one seed Virginia. On Thursday, it was uh, you know a game that you had a chance. Had you been able to you know score a bucket in the last five minutes, uh, <laughs> may have, may have been different. But uh, you know two nice wins in the tournament. The Pac-12 was expected to do absolutely nothing. I mean, if you're a Duck fan, are you going? Yeah, all right. Three six Sweet Sixteens in four years, a season where you lost your best player and you kind of had to recalibrate midway through. I thought that was a nice season. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. I, I think really it just got dampened when Bull Bull got hurt. Yeah. I, I mean, that was literally your season. You know, you got one of the best recruits in the country, and it was just so out of nowhere. It was something that you just were like, wow, our basketball team's getting that. That is so awesome. Mm-hmm. And then when it happened, just like every hope you had was just completely dashed. And I think it also is dashed in terms of recruiting as well. Um, I, I can't really speak to how great they're doing recruiting-wise right now. But, I mean, if you would have had Bull Bull play that season, get them onto the national stage by getting them in front of national TV audiences and going even further in the tournament, I mean, dude, that is just a calling card for recruits. Yeah, but that's kind of my point is that you made it to the Sweet 16 without him. Um, you know, you had, I mean, Kenny Wooten looked like the man. Uh, Peyton Pritchard had a really, really good Pac-12 tournament and looked good in the in the two games that they won. They just, you know, they they ran into a team in Virginia that is played kind of, defense. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. They're, but they're kind of a unique opponent where they are happy to score 53 points and get the victory. That's kind of the way they play. Sucks too because you would have gotten Purdue. Yeah, well, and Purdue scored 99 points. They they almost outscored the the game that Oregon Virginia played. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But the the cool thing about that game, the Virginia Purdue game, last time Purdue went to the Final Four, 1980. Last time Virginia went to the Final Four, 1984. 1980 was Drew Brees uh, playing then. <laughs> Drew Brees did not play basketball for Purdue. No, nah, I think he did. No, pretty confident. I, you might want to Google that. I, I, I without Googling it. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. I Google it, but I'm afraid I'll get Skip Bayless, Bayless without his shirt on. I would go to Sport Track because they got good info, <laughs> and I think they could probably clear this up. I'm just saying. I thought, I thought he was, you know, carrying up the two. Okay. 
the other matchups you have for your Elite Eight, you've got Texas Tech taking on Gonzaga. Gonzaga's looked really sharp. Texas Tech's another one of those defensive teams. I feel like Gonzaga gets past them pretty easily. Yeah, well, I, Gonzaga's always a wild card. You don't know because they play that uh, West Coast Conference schedule, and, you know, the hardest game they had all year, I guess, was St. Mary's. Well, they beat Duke. Yeah, I mean, they beat – yeah, but Duke's also one of those teams where now, as you've seen through the tournament, they've had to struggle their way through wins in the past three rounds. So it's like – Well, the first I, round they won handily, but yeah. Yeah, I but I mean, they, they struggled last night. They struggled against UCF. I, I mean, to me, I just view Gonzaga as a team where I'm not really going to make a judgment call until they're playing one of the real true blue bloods in the tournament. Like, you're getting somebody where you go up against um, – So you're, you know, you're saying fairly Dickinson wasn't – <laughs> wasn't that no but they put a good Florida State team at a lot of size is, and I yeah. think that's a good win Baylor's been a good team over the years I mean I realize that they're what a nine seed or whatever when they played yeah but Gonzaga I mean they, these are these are playing big time college basketball uh you know teams that have had success in recent years and you have you know good players there you're playing the three seed in Texas Tech so you've got that matchup so moving on from that you know I think to me, just looking at the game, I feel like Gonzaga has enough offense to overcome whatever Texas Tech's going to throw at him. I thought that Florida State would be a little bit more of a challenge, and they've got past that pretty well. So, and then the other matchup, you, you mentioned Duke having a difficult time, you know, winning their last two rounds. So, the one point and a two point victory uh, in their last two games. And then you look at the other side; they're playing against Michigan State, that's been winning by twenty. I mean, yeah, that, I, yes, still they, they look good. I, I think LSU were pretenders and yep. they finally got called out. But I, that that Duke Michigan State game is going to be amazing. That's going to be very exciting to see yeah. how upset Tom Izzo gets and how many <laughs> players he attacks. I think will be the fun thing. Dude, I wish I, I loved that. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. It but, was so great. It was so great. It, yeah. He like just came out and was treating players like they did. Like Bob Knight did. No, back it wasn't in like Bob 70s and Knight. 80s. Jeez, be hyperbolic. Screaming at bit. him. Yeah, he was yelling at him because he wasn't doing his job. Yeah, oh, wait, you're saying it's not a job. Student, be a student athlete, athlete, right? Isn't that right? They're not getting paid. Yeah, that's Isn't seems, that it. That seems accurate. But these are the matchups you want, right? You want the blue blood matchups. Yeah, so. I guess so. I don't know. There's a certain sense of the tournament where you really like the whole, uh, you know, Marquette thing back in '03, where you know you make your way all the way to the Final Four, and there's a star you can attach to, Dwayne Wade, yeah. and. You know, uh, that's what Butler was with Gordon Hayward yep. and those dudes when they played Duke, which, you know, actually produced probably the last great championship game we had in college uh, basketball, which they would have won if a half-court shot, which, by the way, <laughs> rimmed. Yeah, would have won. Yeah, it was a good it, shot. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's been some good games. I don't know. But um, anyway, so th the other one that you have is you have Auburn, which I think is a little bit disappointing. Auburn taking on Kentucky, but you lose one of your – better players and the guy that kind of led you past North Carolina what a shock yeah. I, I, that was shocking to me I didn't think Auburn was no they well and it was a close game at the half I think they were up two and yeah. then they've made 12 threes in the second half yeah I was listening uh on primetime uh last night when I was driving back home and it was just they were just like I can't believe this is happening they kept yeah. getting you know ahead yeah. more and more and more and it was yeah well yeah and Purdue I think had a 20 point lead on Tennessee and let them come all the way back and go to overtime so they're certainly good games in the Sweet 16 you hope you can get one or two of those here in the Elite Eight but I I, I feel like I feel like the teams that are in there I mean if you can get Kentucky Duke Gonzaga and Virginia that's a yeah. pretty sweet final four that is a pretty yeah, yeah. I mean that's and Michigan time. State has a chance to be in there I mean I, I guess you're okay with Texas Tech and Purdue but if you can get you know uh any any combination of uh those four teams three of, of those four teams in there um it's going to be pretty it'll be a good final four 
the one thing uh, I wanted to kind of dovetail on with Oregon was uh, Peyton Pritchard. And yeah. I, I wonder, 55305, better you today, text line, you know, how does everybody feel about his career at Oregon? Because I know he does have one more year, and you kind of think, yeah, he'll probably come back for his senior oh, year. Yeah, yeah. But, like, did it did it really meet up to expectations? Because I know a lot of people in the building, they kind of talk about the whole Peyton Pritchard thing, that, like, it just wasn't what we thought it would be. You know, he was really highly touted. He yeah. was he was a big-time recruit, and the fact he was a local guy from West Lynn, people were really on board with it. But he just – it seems like he hasn't quite delivered on it. Yeah, but I think it's a lot harder when you are the local kid to live up to, yeah. to local expectations. So, I mean, I don't know. Most outstanding player of a tournament where you had to win four games to get into the NCAA tournament, I think that's a jewel you put in the crown. And if they have a, a decent um, – you know, a couple guys return and add a couple guys to the team next year. You hope that they get better. Yeah. Uh, and also somebody from the better you today text line puts me to uh, shame. Uh, North Carolina Villanova buzzer beater didn't do it for you. <laughs> yeah, no, for, that's what I'm saying. There's been some, there's been some good games. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Seeing Gonzaga play in a championship game. I didn't want to go through the whole list of games that I enjoyed. But having uh, yeah. Gonzaga play against North Carolina was great. And there's there's a lot of them that were I don't know. They, I do forget about the Villanova yeah, one. And I also great. forgot about Charles Barkley's reaction to it. <laughs> you remember that when it happened and he just, he just like stand, turns around and standing like, up and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there have been uh, many a good championship game and the college basketball tournament, I think gets so hyped for these, uh, these Cinderella's that we forget that when you get the blue bloods in there, they can really play some great games. Uh, also should mention Oregon women are in the elite eight as well. So hopefully they can keep going, but they run into the one seed in their region, Mississippi state for their next game. Uh, we are going to talk some baseball. We brought Jen Ellis back by popular demand. You guys loved her so much last week. We're going to go over some opening day uh, news and notes, uh, com- some thoughts on uh, the early baseball season so far, and then we're going to talk deep fried food with Will. See how he reacts to that. Somebody that only eats beets. That is all next. You're listening to The Center of the Saint on 1080 The Fan. 55305 is a better you today. Next line, Will, you asked a question of what people thought of Peyton Pritchard so far uh, in his college career. Somebody says Peyton was a three-star recruit and he's played up to his potential. He doesn't always wow you with his stats, but he also doesn't hurt you with turnovers. And then the text right next to it says uh, Pritchard is a ball hub. <laughs> kind of was, yeah. So we'll say uh, mixed Mixed reviews, I suppose, on Peyton Pritchard. So. I think it's just the p- disappointment of Ball Ball that kind of like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's a shadow over the season, but I, like I said, getting to the Sweet 16 is awesome, especially going into the Pac-12 tournament. You didn't expect anything of it. But uh, right now we switch our attention to baseball season. It's officially underway for all 30 major league teams, and we welcome back our colleague here at Intercom, Jen Ellis. Jen, welcome back. Hey, thank you. Last week, Jen is a huge A's fan. Um, she's also an extra in uh, Ace Ventura, yes. uh, which is all important things to know. <laughs> well, uh, no, that gives her the moniker movie anything. star then. Yeah, movie star, movie star and go. radio star Jen Ellis with us. Movie, radio star, baseball expert Jen Ellis. Yeah. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. That's a pretty good buy. I'm not necessarily an expert, but people who don't know anything about baseball think I know a lot. So. Well, that's Will. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what we okay. do on a Saturday daily basis. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Sounds well, good. but the other thing is, is it's so funny, like when you, you know, you read sports because, you know, we do a little bit of prep for this show. You might not always <laughs> notice it, but man, you read some of these things that people write and I'm like, you have n- like, I know that you have no idea what you're, what you're talking, talking about. about. And, right. and the people that are considered experts, my favorite thing to do is wait till the end of the season and look at expert picks. 
and just see how wrong they were. Right. And if I really cared to go back and archive all of that, I would love <laughs> if somebody would do it and just go, oh, yeah, these guys are idiots, too, and they get yeah. about half the games right. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, absolutely. A, co a coin can do that. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Mariners are going to, you know, they're going to win the World Series this year, it looks like. I'll tell they're you. They're off to such a great start. Uh, you know what? This is a microcosm <laughs> of how it is to be a Mariners fan. Yeah. It's after three games, you go, oh, my God, these guys are awesome. Yeah. And you have Domingo Santiago, and he's mm. got the nine RBIs and sets a most record. Home run and on you've got everything. Da, 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 and 12 home runs. And Tim Beckett's the best player in the history of Beckham. shortstop. Come on, dude. Beckham. You're wearing the Mariners hat today. Oh. Oh, dude, you yeah. got, sorry. You got yeah. Jend. Ooh, that's a good one. All there right. you go. So I don't Tim, know. We'll have beta test Tim Beckham. Yeah, he's Tim Beckham. on fire, and he's got a pretty good bat flip going on. Too. Yeah, yes, he does. <laughs> but then you have uh, then you have last night, yeah. and well, so yeah. the Mariners Mariners fans get overhyped, mm -hmm. and they get all pumped up, and mm -hmm. they score twelve runs in the opening game, and they run Chris Sale out of yep. there, and then they blow yeah. the ninth inning last night. So yeah, that's what's to be expected. Yes. Yeah, and then yeah. your A's kind of did the same thing. Same but. thing. So, yeah, we have the opposite. Uh, the A's and the Mariners have the opposite record right yeah. now. So you yeah. guys are ahead, and we're behind. Yeah. Well, the, it's a long baseball season, and we're going to have ups and downs, and I never live <laughs> and die by one game, so I don't yeah. worry about it. And I'll, I'll, know, the, I'll know the roster of by mid-June is the way that yeah. I plan to do it. It's a long season, it, as they it say. It's still is. early. We'll be uh, saying that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's year two of them doing the everybody plays on opening day. Um, mm. So obviously this doesn't count the, the Mariners A's playing in Japan, but you had all 30 teams right. in action on Thursday. Yep. Thursday was a fantastic day of baseball, and mm. it ended with the night cap of the Mariners winning the game. But why didn't they do the same thing on Friday? I don't know. Isn't that wasn't yeah. that wasn't Friday yes. such a letdown yeah. where you go in and you have just day baseball yep, and the games day. start yep. early and they mm -hmm. go all day? Mm -hmm. I think Major League Baseball really missed the mark on that, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, because it should be. I mean, it is. It's such a it, like I said last week. It's just such an exciting time, and you're like, oh my gosh, opening day! I can't yeah. wait. You know, and it literally is from you know. Uh, morning till night because, you know, here on the West Coast, we're like, hey, cool, we get to watch baseball at 9 a.m. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and then they come back on Friday and everything like, goes to night yeah. games because they don't want people to miss work. It's like, come what? on. Yeah. Yeah, it's the end of March. People are already yeah, skipped work. work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If they decide that they're going to skip it on baseball. But, yeah, that seems yeah. like a correction that seems pretty obvious. Either move opening day to a Friday where everybody can just skip, and then you can mm. go running into the weekend. Exactly. Or do it on Friday. But, yeah, I went out to lunch with a buddy, and he's like, yeah, it's great. There's going to be baseball on. And yeah. I go, no, there's no games. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> so we just sat there and watched the highlights <laughs> from Thursday. It was like, very, okay. very disappointing. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you had a interesting opening day stat, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it was uh, there are no more – Players left from the 1990s. So this uh, is the so first opening day without a player that played in the last millennial mm -hmm. millennium uh, yeah. on on any opening day rosters yeah, all this year. Of, all of the active players on opening day rosters this year, uh, no one appeared before the year 2000. That is can believe nuts. It I know, isn't that crazy? Because so if you're wondering, just random factoid. <laughs> if you if you want to know who the uh, who the oldest uh, tenured player is right now, it's Albert Pujols. And I just wanted to say, Pujols. Uh, but uh, he uh, he started in uh, his debut was in 2001. Okay, 2001. Yeah. Yes, okay. dude, that blows yeah. my mind yeah. because like Albert Pujols to me, I yeah. still remember the World Series with the Cardinals, and I like mm -hmm. that that still seems fresh to me, even though I know it was a really long time yeah. ago. Yeah. That still seems like it was a fresh thing. And there's sometimes where I totally forget how long he's been on the Angels yeah. for. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. then you forget he's ancient. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, that's that's the exact thing. So, I have a buddy that grew up in Missouri, uh, in the in the uh, Kansas City area, 
And that's actually where, when uh, Pujols came over, he played high school ball there. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm old. My buddy's a couple mm -hmm. years older than me. He had a home run hit off of him by Albert Pujols oh, in high school. Nice. <laughs> and he said that ball is still traveling. Oh, it has I'm not sure. landed. It hasn't landed yet. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's fascinating to me. Cause you look at, we were talking about this. Uh, Will and I were actually talking about that earlier this week. And you look at the other sports and Tom Brady mm -hmm. was drafted in what the 98 draft. So he's, Football still has guys. Nine, yeah. Adam Vinatieri made his debut, and I think he's back for another year with the Colts. Well, and you know, one of the things that I kind of look at with baseball too, because this is a really, I think it's a really apt stat for what's going on right now, is this whole kind of fight back from old baseball to, you know, Bryce Harper. At least right. he's kind of heading it, the new style of baseball. And I, I kind of wanted to get your opinion on that. Is that like, do you think that? Every they're holding like like this to me really proves more than anything old baseball is holding on too long yeah and that you be. have to let guys have fun and do their bat sure. flips and yeah you know what I was think there's the, a time and a place for a bat flip personally but but know. at least just yes, kind of the of the younger culture do you yeah. think that like it's just time for them to just go for it uh in some regards yes but a lot of a lot of things that are changing so much in baseball and I think a lot of people seem to to think oh my gosh it's so long it's such a long boring game can we speed it up you know figuring out ways to speed it Pitch up and clock. It, you know yeah. and 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 the shift and all of this stuff and it's like normally what would be a triple is now caught by a guy that's you know third baseman playing over yeah, by first base side, you know it's yeah. like what <laughs> so those those kinds of things you know it's um i, I i'm I, I feel like that kind of is cheating a little <laughs> almost, well, but not cheating, but it, it's just, I know using all the analytics and all of that is to their advantage, whatnot, but um, I don't know. I, I, I prefer uh, the way it used to be, but that's just me. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's funny to me because it's the idea, there, there's two suggestions that always come up with baseball that I think are just so dumb is speeding up individual games mm -hmm. and shortening the season. Yeah. Like that's going to draw more no, fans. Like, are you not. tell are you telling me if the games average two hours and fifty minutes, there's going to be another million people that go and no. watch baseball every week? No. If you love baseball, you're okay with the the length that it is. And I know sure. that you need to draw in younger fans, but changing the the minute details of baseball or or making it you know happen a little bit quicker. Baseball has the number one app in sports. Uh, more people download the baseball app and mm -hmm. you either use the audio, which I do, or use the video stream on that where you can go and watch that and 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 pick up any game in the country. But I, I renew my subscription every year with a buddy of mine. We just split the cost right down mm -hmm. the middle and we go, okay, now we can listen to every baseball game. And this is the same friend that you know is from Kansas City and, and loves the Royals, so he can listen to every game. And what I always do is I like listening to the the opposing team's broadcast because yes, yeah. I think it's a cool way to when learn a little bit more about the names. And yeah, stuff. exactly. But you also <laughs> learn a little bit more about your team and what the rest sure. of baseball kind of thinks of of them. So for for me, baseball I think is doing well. They're 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 doing really well locally in the markets where they have a team as far as viewership and listenership and all of that. The problem is that there's just not enough big national stories and Bryce right. Harper I guess is one of those guys but you need to find a way to connect the people that are in between cities and Portland forever has been one of those and sure. of course adding a team would be a big help but how do you engage fans that don't want to drive three and a half hours north watch a losing baseball team in the Mariners and don't want to go to the Bay Area to pick up one of those teams so. or you want to go to the Bay Area and watch the A's with those sweet uniforms mm -hmm. I like the uh, the hyper green they had on last night when they were playing yeah, the Angels Friday nights are um, Kelly Green Fridays at the Coliseum oh see so I didn't even they, know that they started that last season they started bringing back that really bright Kelly Green I love that color and uh, the Oakland across the chest 
and uh, a lot of the guys are wearing the high socks with the stirrups and the green and gold. It's really awesome. I See, love dude, that stuff. I could be yeah. on board for the yeah. A's coming to Portland if they had that in yeah. their uh, uniform arsenal. I'd love one of those hats. That'd be sweet. Yeah. I got a Kelly Green hat this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There you go. I love it. It's better than your <laughs> stupid trident, you Mariners honk. <laughs> Whoa. Well, they have, oh, the they, Mariners have turquoise. Yeah, the trident's throwback. Didn't I, you guys, do, I do like that that yeah. uh, logo, though. Didn't yeah. you guys play in shorts last year? Yeah. Yeah, they did the future uniforms, whatever it was with the cutoff sleeves. I don't know if it was shorts, but it was a cutoff sleeve. That's like right, that. cutoff sleeves. Yeah, yeah, they, they, that was a throwback to the future game that they played back in the 90s. It's just such oh, a yeah. bad look. But they yeah. let everybody wear backwards hats, and it was just very, very stupid. And see, that but was that was the, a trend in the 90s. There was a few teams that did that with the no, so, the yeah. sleeveless, but then right. they wear short but sleeves. But, dude, I even yeah. remember at that time, the, yeah. uh, recently last year, when they did the sleeveless ones, like old baseball was, like, up in arms about that. Yeah. Ha-ha. I see what you did there. Uh, Raymond, so you wanna, oh. Raymond had a question on the text line. Except Ichiro technically, right? No, Ichiro did not play in the in the 1900s. Uh, right. He was he was actually uh, I believe he made his debut in 2000. So uh, yeah. a couple buddy, yeah. but he played obviously a long time in Japan before right. that. But he came up in 2000. So yeah. yep, nobody. Yeah. Well, do you want to uh, guess who the oldest and youngest teams I are this season? I was trying to think of this, and I was trying to think of somebody that is adding a bunch of old guys to it mm-hmm. you know i'm gonna throw out youngest pirates okay good uh, guess um youngest team in baseball they just kind of overhauled getting rid of mccutcheon and i'm thinking maybe they have some young guys yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say the oldest team is the angels okay and i'm gonna go youngest team jeez i'm actually gonna change my answer youngest team yankees and i'll pull out uh <laughs> for oldest team uh astros Okay. Uh, Marlins for the youngest team. All right. Nope. You guys are both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we, we tried. So the Do you oldest... have the list of how close yeah. we were? Were we even close to the bottom? I don't know, actually. Oh, okay. well, I, I had, like, the top five on there, but the Giants are oh. the oldest. So we didn't get the top five? Uh, no. Uh, the Giants <laughs> no. are the oldest average age of 30.63 years, oh. and Padres are the youngest this year. Average, uh, average age is 27. I was thinking Hosmer and Machado have been around the block for a little yeah, while. But yeah, I know the pitching staff is super young. Uh, but, yeah, wouldn't have guessed that Padres after a 2-0 start. So, yeah. I guess paying all that money for Machado was worth it. Did and you see the other thing that the Padres business. are doing? No. Will, you'll like this. Oh, I know. The Anchorman race. They're doing the Anchorman <laughs> so race. Awesome. So, you've seen the big head races at different ballparks. They mm-hmm. do it with the presidents in Washington. Mm-hmm. They are doing the Anchorman big head races. I don't so know, seventh good. inning stretch yeah. or whatever between the fifth inning. I don't know when they're, when they're doing it. But Ron Burgundy, Ron Burgundy got his official, yesterday. first official win in the Anchorman big head races. So something <laughs> to tune into so all year in San Diego. Yes. So that's how you get younger viewers. Anchorman references. <laughs> younger. Nothing, nothing the kids like more than Anchorman. Anchorman. It's like an 06 yeah. movie, wasn't it? That's the joke. Yeah, that's oh. exactly what I'm saying. Hey, hey, let's talk baseball food. We've got a list of all the new things you need to eat when you do your tour of all 30 ballparks <laughs> this year and how you have a heart attack 28 ballparks through. That is next, right after we do the news. So I went back to the uh, statistic of oldest and youngest players, and I pulled up an article that said just had a little more information on it. But I found it interesting that the Giants are the oldest at 30.63 years. The Padres are only they're 27.11 years. I mean, it's not like it's not like there's a like a huge gap. Like in football, you'll see it where you know a team's like 23 years old and another team's 40. It just feels like that's not a very big gap, and then you have to cram 30 teams in there. So. Anyways, we were wrong. We're stupid. So. You're stupid. I know. I, I readily admit that I'm stupid. 
I'm actually pretty good at being stupid, though. I've done well for not being a smart man. <laughs> I feel like that's the start to your autobiography. <laughs> actually, that's actually not a bad opening line. I've that. done well for not being a smart man. <laughs> Can't complain about that. Uh, one thing I do really love as a dumb person is uh, ballpark food. And one of the most exciting things about all this talk about uh, baseball to Portland is you know that Portland's going to have good food in that oh ballpark, God, yeah. right? Yep. Yummy. I mean, Absolutely. you talk. Yeah, you talk about a culinary city that has gone and pushed the envelope, and, and you go around the Moda Center, and they've got pretty good food. Yeah. But there's something different about oh, 81 ballpark. home yeah. games mm-hmm. and just being able to set yeah, it up baseball. for the ball. Yep. Yeah, they're going to have a beat dog. I heard. Are you serious? No. <laughs> Dude, that's Did not you see funny. his eyes light up? <laughs> yeah. Beat dog. Is it going to have vegan bread at the I'm bun? I'm sure. Ooh, put yeah. some nice aioli on there. Mm-hmm. Fat free, of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so, Gluten free, of course. Of yes. course. Yes. Uh, Jen Ellis is with yes. us. Uh, she's one of our colleagues here at Intercom. She's a huge uh, Oakland A's fan, and we love to talk baseball with her during the week. So mm-hmm. we figured we'd have her in to talk baseball on the weekend as well. Uh, 55305 is the better you today text line. If you'd like to name our baseball with Jen segment, uh, send in your thoughts on what we should call it. 55305, or you can send them uh, on Twitter at Center Saint 1080, and we'll consider those for future visits. Um, But Jen, you brought up uh, a list of the things you need to eat at all the ballparks. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had Will pull it up, and I've been looking at it as well, yeah. but what were your highlights on that list? You know, it's so funny how this year there are so many different parks that have, like, chicken and waffle stuff, you know, and just, like, different takes on chicken and waffles, like a waffle cone with giant pieces of slabs of bacon and fried chicken and fried things. See, that's one stuff. I liked over the waffle boat, which yes. didn't seem oh, as appealing. Yeah. It was, like, right. the, the Belgian-style waffle, and then it just kind of cradles in your chicken strip right. and then a little bit of stuff on top sure. of it but the waffle cone that, that i like because there's a little bit of crunch so you got the texture yeah. and it's yeah, yeah. I think. but there's one uh the phillies i believe they have the donut burger this year mm-hmm. uh I've had a donut burger before, and I tell you what, like now, wait, I, is this a real beef patty so with a he, donut bun? Yeah, so okay. the bun is like a is a is a glazed donut, and then there's you know just a ha- normal yeah ham- normal hamburger, hamburger with cheese and bacon and all that stuff, and I like I, I, my mouth was watering so badly when I had <laughs> this thing, and I took a bite of it, and I was like. Oh my God! This is the day my heart starts to. Stop. I was about to ask how far apart were your palpitations. <laughs> I mean, it was. You, if, if you're really quiet, you can hear my arteries clog. But it was. Oh my God! It was delicious. But yeah, the Phillies have that this year. Um, the one, the one yeah. that I'm looking at, like the first one that they have on the list is the ice cream sandwiches at Oracle Park oh, in yeah. San Francisco. Dude, yeah, yes. those are the ones I saw too. Yeah. Holy cow! I mean, we're yeah. talking. I've like, been to like that that inch ice cream and a half shop before. Thick. Yeah ice cream mm-hmm. in apparently fresh baked cookies yep. if i read it it's amazing yeah it's a place called cream and they're all over the bay area now but oh, yeah nice. they're, they have one at oracle this year what i saw in uh, dc for the nationals is the crab cake sandwich oh, and yes. uh, that uh kind of uh you know fulfills my pescatarian needs but yeah i'll tell you what effect. though at oracle park uh previously known as AT&T Park. They have a really incredible crab sandwich. It's like 25 bucks, though. I mean, it's really delicious. So good, though. I love crab. <laughs> so, good so crab good. is so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just love going down to the, the wharf in San Francisco and then picking up just a whole crab. Oh, yeah. That's a way to do it. And then you just crack it on the you uh, pier. It and, oh, no, you, you, you order six anchor steams, and then you just sit there and you drink all of those, and you eat the crab, and yeah. then everything is good in the world. Put the shells in the trench coat you're wearing. <laughs> it's not weird at all. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah, the Mariners have the cuckoo fries, which look really good. They're, um looks like just like poutine on crack or something like that.
Yeah, but yeah, kind but, of what it yeah. is. Well, that's I think one of the trends too across. The Mariners have done it really well, is mm. because they started with garlic fries and then they added sriracha yeah. and then they added different toppings. But yeah, I think it's, it's I think the White Sox have the smothered and covered fries where they've got oh, just the yeah. piles mm-hmm. and piles of oh. whatever it is. I'm you looking want at those on right fried now. Potatoes. Oh, oh yes, and they're so yeah good. they've got so they've got <laughs> a, a buffalo chicken, uh, chili cheese, Greek, Irish, and then dessert sweet potato fries oh, wow. are their five options and they all look like the uh basically a plate of nachos with french fries under the chips i also do like the yankee sliced avocados deep yes. fried uh with habanero sauce anything you can do deep frying like vegetables like that with avocado like avocados and pickles those are probably some of the best deep fried yep. things you can get absolutely yeah I was just, well we were we just went out to sushi and got the tempura vegetable platter where it's got the mushrooms and the carrots i've never had avocados though I don't know how I've never gotten around You're to that. Missing. I mean, I need, I've had deep-fried Oreos. You know, oh, that's yeah. kind of the same thing. You know, it's healthy fat, right, avocados? I've heard it's that, that good fat. It's the good fat. It that I've, that I've, I've heard, and then so what kind of oil do you cook in to, <laughs> to counterbalance that good fat when you deep-fry it? It doesn't matter. Avocado it's the oil. good fat, it's, Luke. <laughs> it's the good fat. 55305, better you today, text line. Have you tried uh, any ballpark foods that make your heart stop with joy and cholesterol, like mm-hmm. the uh, donut burger? Because the donut burger sounds... Now, I've, I've never really thought it sounded good. Uh, now, I need to go and eat it. Yeah, I probably would have had it when I was actually eating meat, but uh, that thing sounds like, and that's why I was curious to see, like, you know, did your did your heart stop? Were you, like, <laughs> seeing, like, sparkles around your eyes as you were eating it? I did, yeah. Were you, were you like, in the in the process of having a very slow stroke, and then you breathed, and you were like, oh, no, no, oh, I'm wait, all right. Uh, oh, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh. I'm just picturing it in Portland, sunny day. Mm-hmm. Pine State Biscuit has a has a spot in the ballpark Ooh, or something yeah. like that. You oh. get the the Roscoe. What, what do they call it? The no, I can't even remember what. It's yeah, called, I can't but. either. I would say that uh, one of the things you could have in Portland in terms of the food would be some type of kale thing. Like you could have oh, fried right. kale chips. Yep. Oh Absolutely. yeah, they're gonna go super Portland on it, and you know the beer selection is gonna be really good and all that. But the one I'm waiting for is whatever uh, they'll do with salt and straw. Because you know right. they'll do those oh, yeah. baseball, yeah, mm-hmm. the mini baseball caps full of ice cream, mm-hmm. and they'll do that with salt and straw probably. <laughs> oh, man. I could not be more excited for baseball in Portland. It, 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 almost, awesome. it almost put a bummer on opening day. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was so excited for it. It was. I mean, it, yeah. it was just one of those things where you just kind of go, and you look outside, and you go, God, it'd be a perfect be day, and the city day. would be so... Totally. Especially because it's definitely happening. Yep. Yeah, well, I wish I could That's say that right. that was... Uh, I knew that 100%. But it, but it does. I mean, that was the that was the entire off-season talk that had me excited was, was Portland to ba- baseball to Portland. And then you get to opening day, and you go, oh, yeah, there's really no timeline for it, and we don't know that it's happening for sure. And, it, yeah, it was just kind of a, a total I, shadow. I will say, watching the A's highlights last night, and I go back to those Kelly Green uniforms, somehow that kind of, to me, was like, oh, that would look sweet. Yep. Like, oh, so you're saying the A's moved to Portland, they, if they the just go full Portland, Kelly Green? I would kind of start getting on that. I'd be yeah. like, oh, that's pretty tight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of what they're doing with the um, logo as of now, the baseball to Portland thing. I support yeah. everything they're doing, but I don't like the P. I think it's, yeah. I don't yeah. know, yeah. it's kind of nonsense. Antiquated. Yeah, yeah. give me the old one. Like the, the Tigers. The, the Portland Mavericks one, wasn't that the one where they just had like the old 70s kind of uh, Helvetica big yeah. P and then the baseball in the middle? I like uh, that one a lot. Cool. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was, a, I thought they had an M for the Mavericks, but I could be wrong. Yeah. All right, well, Jen Ellis, thank you for joining us for Baseball Talk. We'll do it again soon. Um, But right now it is time for What to Watch. We will tell you what to watch. We'll do that next.
You're listening to Cinema Saint on 1080 The Fan. Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore Showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins. And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. I got a uh, I got a text on uh, my my personal uh, cell phone here, so not not the, your work one, not the better you today text line. Um, but uh, there was a question of whether or not it's time for a new segment, uh, Cajuns on Sports. Oh, Cajun board now. I mean, you call it do that. Not the same one you had earlier. Like in the boy. It's the boy. And then the boy, the boy breeze, you don't know the ball and everybody. Getting in there, be all them there. Everybody slapping each other, we slap, boy, having fun. Oh, boy. Roger Goodell, he got the gate at him. Get them that crawfish over there, we bugging him. And then just trail off. Um, but, yeah, so maybe we'll, we'll look at that. We'll workshop that around. So look forward to the new uh, Cajuns on sport here on the Center and the Saint in future episodes. But right now it is time for What to Watch. It's brought to you by our friends at Encore Audio Video. If you're looking for a custom home theater or full home automation, check out their showroom. It's at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Mm. Yeah. Will Darkens, what are you watching in sports this fine, fine weekend? I am actually going to watch the Blazers game tonight. Um, really? Have, Detroit? Yeah. They're playing Detroit. Yeah. I I've, I kind of trailed off from watching some of the games after the Nets win, and I've kept up with highlights, but at the same time, I haven't actually sat down and watched a good Blazers game without CJ and Nurk. And so now I'm kind of like, Okay, I want to see this team. I want to see them in full force. I want to see the the full effect of them. So I, I'm definitely going to sit down, watch the Blazers, see what they might look like without uh, CJ and Nurk, and then also just try to imagine what CJ would be like thrown into that equation. Sure, um, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch a lot as much as I can of the Elite Eight. Um, I'm actually surprised it, it, with myself of how excited I am for uh, the potential that we have for the Final Four right now. I really like a lot of the teams. The Duke. Michigan State game I think is obviously a must watch uh, but uh, when I found out that neither Purdue or uh, Virginia have been to a Final Four since the early 80s 84 for Virginia 1980 for Purdue uh, that game's gonna have a lot on the line and when you get those fan bases that are you know uh, long-suffering and they have an opportunity to you know get to a Final Four I think they're gonna kind of lose it plus I just want to see how good Gonzaga uh, can be I think that they're gonna win the game against Texas Tech um, but I you think you got some kind of Pacific Northwest pride going for that. I think I, I always have. I mean, I, you know, I, I 
remember watching Dan Dickow play in high school and Richie Fromm uh, playing in high school, and those were a couple of the guys that led some of those early charges by Gonzaga. Uh, Derek Ravio, who played for him, was a guy that was uh, uh, played at my high school. But we used to play pickup games with him when he was in like eighth grade. I was a senior, and that guy was way better than any of us. And then uh, Zach Gordon, another guy. So I, I know at least some of those early guys all grew up in the Clark County area and got to play against them or with them uh, at different points or, or watch them play uh, when they were a little bit older than me. So, yeah, I, I definitely root for Gonzaga uh, in this. But, I mean, you have potential to have uh, Virginia, Duke, Kentucky, Gonzaga as your final four. I think that would be pretty ridiculous. So. I guess so. I'd rather watch Duke, Kentucky as your final. Well, that's you know fine. I mean? Well, I know. Yeah. But, yeah, that which I get that. I just don't want to see Gonzaga in the final. <laughs> I don't. I just... You know, and maybe they will get exposed if they get to play Kentucky. I just, I feel like there's going to be a point at which we see some exposure from that team. They're not as good as teams past. They yeah, really aren't. Well, well, it, we'll it, see. Time, only time will tell. Like you said, Duke's been kind of holding on, but Duke, Michigan State is the one to watch. Uh, what are you watching outside of sports, young man? Well, playing your butt on the couch at around 8 p.m. tonight on the Entertainment Network for 10 Things I Hate About You. Now, did you know that yesterday was Julia Stiles' birthday? No, no, I, no. How would I know that? When? Why would I know I that? I thought you were up on your birthdays. No. You're on Facebook friends? I forget my birthday most years, and I, I almost never know how old I am. You know what's weird is, if you watch 10 Things I Hate About You, it literally is about, like, just white privilege. Which one is that? Is that the uh, Heath Ledger? Ledger? Yeah. Like, she has this huge problem where she wants daddy to pay for her to go to Sarah Lawrence, but he goes, no, no, no. I thought I was going to uh, pay for you to go to the University of Washington. That's really the thing. That's I don't know problem. Any, I don't know anything about this movie, to be quite dude, honest with you. Dude, that is the point of contention with her father, is that she, she, she wants to go to Sarah Lawrence. Instead of UW. Instead of UW. And daddy's paying for it either way. Wow. And then, How did she overcome that? Uh, well, at the end of the day, she gets what she wants, and Daddy says, oh, you got to accept God. it. Can you imagine? Uh, yeah. Woo! Honey, I'd like for you Boy. to get your uh, fancy-wancy liberal arts degree instead of going to a strong state college and getting a practical degree. Yeah, well, and then it's a it's a Heath Ledger slacker and then rich girl. Is that the That's right, yes. That Heath thing? Ledger is a uh, total BA, and uh, he's also uh, pretty hot, if you know what I mean. No. Oh, well, he's hot. Oh, is he like Marky Mark in fear kind of hot? He wasn't hot in fear. <laughs> no, he's super creepy. Dude, he was hot, though, in Boogie Nights. Okay. Um, sure. Okay. Okay. Um, so I gave up on Breaking Bad. Why? I can't do it. It's just, it's... It, what the hell's your problem? It's it's more family drama than uh, drug cartel uh, interaction. I got, got into season three, and it's just... Couldn't grip you? No, it just didn't didn't do it for me, and I'm I'm disappointed because it's one of it's supposed to be one of the best series ever in the history of television, and it didn't grab me, and so I went I I went a different direction, and I started watching the Untold History, uh, that's the Oliver Stone documentary on um on Netflix, the Untold History of the United States of America. Ooh, it, that sounds good. I'm it, always up for uh uh. So it's a documentary yeah. series, and I only, I've only watched the first episode, but they started with World War II and how we always look at it through the American lens, and he takes a very, uh, you know, different look at it. and talks. Is it a dark look? Well, I mean, it's World War II, yeah. so it's not like a, and it's Oliver Stone, 
So if you're thinking that it's like a sunshine and rainbows kind of look at it, yeah, you'd be wrong. Kind of why I guessed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty that's pretty clever, I will say, of you on it. Oliver Stone, he was able to make the doors like like a horror movie. Yeah. It's like what 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 am I um, watching? Yeah, it, it's 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 a lot more fact, but it's just it just takes a global view and a global look at it and it, like I had no idea how insane the battles in Russia were between Germany and Russia and it then froze you froze them out what well yeah but yeah but it also you know pushed them back to the to Siberia where they built a whole new industrial complex there but one of the you know theories that were, was proposed in it that you know even though it's the axis of evil with Germany and Italy and Japan is that they never trusted each other and originally one of the plans on the table was to pinch Russia from both sides and had Japan gone into Russia from the eastern side, uh, they could have taken them out, and the world would look very, very different. There was a lot of showed a lot of missteps, and then it it, it certainly talked about the U.S.'s involvement in it. But yeah. when you realize how that war was really fought outside of the U.S. involvement, you, you get a different perspective on well, it. Well, and in retrospect, I mean, at the time, and this is with any other war or conflict that's going on around the world, is that you never realize who what cards people are holding. Mm -hmm. And in yeah. retrospect, like you're yeah. saying, like. You realize that really Japan and Germany north, towards the end, uh, they were running on some pretty empty tanks. Well, yeah, but 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 also you had more people die in Stalingrad than yeah. than what the entirety of U.S. casualties. Though, man, in never mess with the Russians. The, the entirety of U.S. casualties did not amount to one battle in in Russia. I mean, that's absolutely crazy to think about. So, anyways, yeah, Untold History of the United States. It's on Netflix, Oliver Stone, docu-series. Uh, I'm going to get to episode two this weekend. And the final four. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Thanks again to Jen Ellis. Thanks, as always, uh, to, to Will Darkins. Uh, everybody have a great weekend. We're done. Bye-bye. You know, I'm going to watch Norbit. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.